0: hi there jeff hello oh god i I clipped out real bad uh hi there jeff hello uh we are back
1: back i'm so back recording to finally record something again
0: yeah uh and forgive i'm a little echoey because i'm in an empty room again uh if you didn't listen to our uh bonus episode about being behind on editing (laughs) for the second time I'm still mid move. Uh, They're coming next week. And
1: I probably sound clogged up because I'm still got COVID symptoms here that I'm dealing with.
0: Still got that brain fog.
1: Thankfully, no more brain fog, but the sinus stuff and I still can't taste all the flavors.
0: Do you got the good ones back at least?
1: Well, I, I only lost like everything for I feel like just the one day or just like half a day. And then I got salty and, like, sweet and stuff, and I could just taste that. And now it's kind of just, like, a weird build-out that some things are there and some things aren't. I don't know. It's, I see. It's, with all my experience cooking and everything, it is really confusing to my brain. Because, like, yeah, normally man. I could pick out the little things, and now I'm like, God, that's missing so much. Why, why does it taste like that?
0: Yeah, it's... Like taking Parmesan cheese away from a pasta dish or something. Oh, man. We had pasta Even yesterday
1: there. and all I could taste was the sweetness of mm-hmm. the tomato and like the umami of the cheese. But I yeah, like I knew it was mozzarella that we put in the baked pasta. Right. Um, but it, like you wouldn't I, I couldn't get all of that type of flavor.
0: Very sad. You'll recover.
1: I will. I mean, it's slowly, but it's all coming back.
0: Well, I've decided, uh, I guess let's, let's do our intro, right? Let's, what are we doing here today?
1: Welcome to a very special in-between episode of 90 Schmaltz, where two guy two 90s guys do a belly flop on the shows we grew up watching from after school specials, TGI Friday and Saturday morning cartoons. We talk about nostalgia, bad acting, and why these shows were radical. And this time around, we're going to talk about movies.
0: Yeah, we're trying something out. Uh, this is going to be the first one of probably more. We're going to be a little more lightly edited. A little long, uh, shorter winded. Where we just talk about a movie we watched.
1: And it'll still fall in sort of the normal set of decades. But it's going to be more like maybe something you watched on television in the 90s. So probably yeah. some 80s movie um, that we just enjoyed. A or- uh,
0: TV movie. HBO summer fodder kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, if you like what you hear uh, on this podcast, please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast.
1: Yeah. It'll really help us out. Maybe once or twice the we'll show up in some sort of algorithm. And somebody new will catch us.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, get a 10% increase in listeners <laughs> by getting one new one.
1: I don't I think 10% is less than one person, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it may, might be, but you know, <laughs> I'm rounding. I'm optimistically rounding. <laughs> uh, well, I'm also going to crack open a nice oatmeal stout. Go so. for
1: it. Cause you know what? This time, this is a relaxed podcast. I'm not going to
0: relaxed you. and we're, uh, it's going to be short enough that I probably won't have terribly large an effect before we get to the end of it. Uh, Oh, and,
1: uh, also just throw it in there. You can, uh, reach out to us at 90 schmaltz, uh, gmail.com, uh, if you've got anything to say, drop us a line.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear from someone who's not a spammer.
1: Or an advertisement for one of the many things that we've signed up for, uh, for the oh, podcast. Yeah, that's true.
0: yeah, I got Yeah, someone was offering me Prime Star status and something. I only had to pay some money to get it. Ooh. Yeah, good deal. Well, I don't think there's anything new from our complaining episode. No,
1: not really. We're just getting through and catching up with life and...
0: I still got no furniture, but I'm making it work.
1: Things will be back to normal before the end of the month, and that's going to be great.
0: Yeah. And it's honestly been good to not have a PC desk, because I spend my nights outside of my desk, which is always good. Yeah. I'd like to get back to it occasionally, but it's hurting my arm a lot, this terrible makeshift table desk I got going.
1: I haven't even really been around. I think there are like two or three days where I was like, oh, man. Too bad Ned's not around. So I guess out of a month, that's I really haven't been around.
0: Yeah, we. That's the other thing is like, oh yeah, I sign on, and none of you are on Discord, and then I'm like, oh well, I got to talk to my the people I live with instead.
1: Yeah, that I mean that makes sense.
0: Watch a lot of movies, man. I just watched The Expendables, and that movie is garbage. What's this fucking problem. Uh, it was not good at all.
1: Fantastic. But, what movie did we watch for this podcast?
0: We watched Summer Rental. It's a movie from 1985.
1: Yep. It released in the summer of 1985, August
0: 9th. Amazing. Uh, So, uh, why did we pick this movie, I guess? Like, let's... uh... What led us here? What was it? It's Rip Torn.
1: It is. That's exactly why.
0: It's Rip Torn from the Larry Sanders.
1: Uh, which will make, I guess, more sense when we finally get Larry Sanders posted. Yeah.
0: You'll understand later why we've, we're interested in Riptorn. Torn, but you sent me a clip from this movie and I said we should watch it.
1: I sent you the clip where they're singing in the sailboat.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're singing the. Which I. If we. Whatever minor editing we do, we'll probably clip, put that in here. Here's a C D T my mother taught me.
1: Love, exciting and new. Come aboard, we're expecting you. And love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, it It flow back.
0: Stressed out air traffic controller Jack Chester, played by John Candy, takes a forced break from work. He leases a summer rental in Citrus Grove, Florida for a family vacation. And that is that is pretty much the whole movie. Uh, do you want to give your own slightly uh, more detailed?
1: John Candy, stressed out, has to take his family on a vacation because you know that's going to stress you out less. Um, he looks like a regular schlub, gets into a fight with the townie who has money and a sailboat and then they sail each other for the competition win. And it is a normal 1980s esque movie.
0: Yeah. It's snobs versus slobs. And the bad guy even calls them slobs in their first encounter. So
1: yeah, he's wearing that Hawaiian, that awesome Hawaiian shirt and the terrible sunburn that they gave him.
0: Uh, so yes, let's talk about it. Uh, John Candy's having a bad time, and he uh was he yelling at a fly? I think at the beginning.
1: Uh yeah, cause I mean he just has a bad morning going in. Hmm. Um. Do we want to do a few of these other things that I wrote down before we jump into that though? All right. Let's do the um. The VHS. Uh, we do have a VHS. Yeah. Uh, we can. Terrific. And the I mean the VHS is the classic VHS. I mean it's Paramount Home Video. And uh, on the back, eleven-time Emmy winner Carl Reiner directed this tale of fam of a family man who takes a vacation from sanity when he takes a lease on a Florida summer rental, in red because you know that's the name of the movie. And then comedy sensation John Candy plays the stressed-out air traffic controller whose much-needed family venture, uh, family holiday, yields one hysterical misadventure after another, uh, from settling into his hovel, to settling down on a party beach, to settling the score with a nut at sea. The fun's in the sun, and so's the moral. Taking it easy is tougher than landing a 747.
0: That is such a strange wording uh, throughout.
1: It really is. <laughs>
0: uh, settling the score with a nut at sea. That does not sound... <laughs> Oh God. Uh, and I do I love this VHS back because it must have been nice to be a like a graphic designer or whatever when all you had to do was just put words and two pictures. Oh yeah, square, well, the, them, square square them up and and hit go.
1: The funny thing is there's another uh, case for the VHS, and I couldn't differentiate between like what was an American re- release and what wasn't. so I didn't mm. pull that one in, but I should have because the front is like drawn.
0: Oh, I love art covers.
1: So it's like John Candy, like drawn and stuff like that. But from what I could tell, it, it definitely wasn't the first release. So I went with this guy.
0: Right. There's definitely, uh, sometimes they take bad things and give them an art cover so that you get fooled into thinking they're good.
1: Yeah. And it, it probably did come out like a year or two later. And it was kind of like, because it didn't do well in the VHS sales. So they probably put out a new cover. Right. Um, and then I we can do our little bit. Let's do the background yeah. for the for the movie itself. Um, this is
0: not exhaustively researched. No, no, because we we
1: team. didn't want to go through that same format. This is a this is just a quick. We overview. were intending
0: to record this. Let's just say real quick. We were intending to record this. I think like a month ago. Yeah, when we were busy. And before before I got sick twice and then you got sick once, mm-hmm. and so it's just like this. It was our own nonstop misadventure. <laughs> it was settling scores with with nuts in our lungs
1: the, this this whole podcast was basically just a, a holdover that was planned when i was in class um so we could still get a recording out to you guys um and well
0: and now it's the quickest way to get a recording back so we get back on schedule basically and we but also I mean we, we want to talk about it. this we enjoy legitimately it. yeah i want to talk about this uh this thing
1: uh, so the movie produced by Paramount Pictures in partnership with uh, the St. Petersburg Clearwater Film Commission, directed by Carl Reiner, written by Jeremy Stevens and Mark Reisman, and scored by Alv- Alan Silvestri.
0: Silvestri, yeah, he's great. Yeah, some great so stuff. Back to the there. Future guy. Yep. Uh, starring John Candy, Richard Crenna, and Rip Torn. It's interesting that they put Richard Crenna in the top billing of this, cause he's only in it for about four minutes.
1: Yeah. But I guess cause he's the villain.
0: Yeah. And including Karen Austin, Carrie green and Joey Lawrence, who I didn't uh, unrecognizable at this age <laughs> as, as Joey Lawrence. I
1: mean, he really is except for the few times he talks. He does still have that yeah. thick accent that you, uh-huh. you notice immediately. And Carrie green of the Goonies, which I mean, we'll get to what else can you be watching later? But you know, that movie came out same year.
0: Strong year, stronger than John Candy's year.
1: Yeah, it was a really 1985 was a a tremendous box office year for what came out.
0: Yeah, eighties was a good time.
1: Um, and then the film itself was filmed in Pinellas, Pine County Pinellas. beaches. Uh, it's Pinellas. It is Pinellas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, St. Pete and Clearwater. And uh, when they do the air traffic control, it actually is filmed at the Atlanta Air Route Traffic Control Center, ZTL, in Hampton, Georgia.
0: Cool. I bet it looks nothing like that anymore.
1: And then I did find uh, the movie. I mean the movie. The restaurant in the (laughs) movie. Uh, Billy's Stone Crab Seafood and Steaks at One Colony Road, Tierra Verde, Florida, USA.
0: So is that the same uh, name? Is it the same running restaurant for...
1: I mean, it's been there because you can pull the pictures of the... yeah. It um, looks
0: similar when I there's like pictures of the interior. Yeah, you can. Google the bar Maps.
1: looks the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, good for them. It's beach restaurants operate on different rules, though. They certainly do. Because you, it, if you start failing, someone's willing to buy it.
1: Yeah, you probably but sell if, it for more than you're making. If you're making an institution in regularly, anyway.
0: Yeah, because I think about when I go to the Outer Banks, it's like Tail of the Whale's been there for 50 years or more, so that's not impossible. Man, Clearwater Beach. Ugh. We had that drum corps free day there.
1: We did, and it was just you and I. Yeah, we just played
0: arcade games for a little bit and then went and got some food.
1: Some not very good food and then ran into some no. instructors and then it rained.
0: Yeah, we'll we won't talk about that instructor, but... <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, well...
0: <laughs> yeah, I got I got the plastic walrus from, uh, from that arcade. I still got it.
1: Oh, man, I don't even remember that you want a walrus.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how I did because I usually don't play ticket games, but
1: God, that's so long ago.
0: I think I was just trying to waste money because we had no time. Yeah,
1: it's almost twenty years.
0: And Clearwater Beach is also full of Scientologists.
1: Oh, that's a fun fact.
0: That is, I believe, where their HQ is. Interesting. Yeah. So the movie, um, yeah, the movie. So let's just uh, talk as if we didn't already start talking about this, and I'm not going to cut it out. Stressed out air traffic controller Jack Chester, played by John Candy, takes a forced break from work, where he leases a summer rental in Citrus Grove, Florida, for a family vacation.
1: And it does start, I mean, he starts the movie out pretty stressed out. Yeah. I mean, he's late for work. His kids, he asks his kids for uh, hard-boiled eggs, and they only hard-boil the one, and the other one is not hard-boiled, which he cracks That's on so funny. <laughs> dashboard on the drive-in.
0: <laughs> he just cracks a... a raw egg on his on his car dashboard and that is a bad morning
1: and he takes the blame for it right he's like nope that's my fault that's on I, me i, I just
0: <laughs> give me another egg
1: <laughs> yep i should have told him to boil it first my fault it was my fault my fault i should have told him to
0: boil the other egg
1: and then he pulls in the the asshole uh parks next to him literally right next to him mm-hmm. uh, gotta climb out the window he's gotta climb out the window he complains about his uh ID that if you know I've been working here for like 17 years or something like that and Uh uh, they don't know my face by now but this was also you know when we didn't have to go through all the procedure to get into the airport yeah and then he is in his element I guess because this is his job he's an air traffic controller but he's floundering
0: yep he starts yelling at a what he thinks is a plane it turns out it's just a fly
1: uh no he can't the fly he can't find the plane but he, right. I think the other thing that happens is he lands a plane and the guy, the pilot's like, you're going to try to mate us Why with this other plane. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then that's when his boss is like, all right, forced vacation. Yeah. And apparently they force a whole month on you.
0: I'll take it. If they want to force a vacation on me. That forced vacation is more than I had. I've worked like four years without, without getting that much voluntary vacation <laughs> at a time.
1: Well, in the 80s. It, it was a different, different time. time, yeah.
0: yeah Sorry, my, my uncle was talking about vacation time and how he started with less than my dad working a government job, and then I was like, both of you blew away, like, I, did, I didn't have vacation until I hit my 30s, really, with uh changing jobs every two years.
1: Yeah, we didn't get anything in the restaurant biz until I finally moved into an office, and then I worked too many crappy office jobs to ever get real vacation. I think this yeah, I, job I'm in now like is like week. the first time I've taken legitimate vacation.
0: Yeah, I'll get a bunch. I should have already have a bunch, but I'll take it.
1: Uh, All right, so. They drive down, right? Uh, yep. Which uh, my I did notice because I, I tried to watch it a second time just to make sure I was ready for this because we watched it so long ago. Uh, yeah. They pack up the U-Haul hooked up to the the Cadillac or Buick, I think mm-hmm. is what he's driving. But they pack that wagon. thing so heavy, even for the movie, that when they pull out of the driveway, the back is sagging so low to the ground.
0: That's that's excellent attention to detail.
1: They drive down. Uh, they get to their destination, or what they think is their destination.
0: Yeah, they get to a nice house.
1: Beautiful house.
0: They pull the key out of the mailbox.
1: They enjoy their whole day there. Uh-huh. They go out to the beach. Uh, we find out that... Uh, his eldest daughter is uh, got a cordless headphones.
0: Oh, this, those headphones are great. It's Battery operated. Radio headphones. Yeah. I think. And I looked up a couple different versions of those. And they're these huge, b- bulky, just receiver headphones, man. They're cool as hell.
1: He does make a comment that they're really loud for the 80 bucks he spent on them. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was cool, too. Yeah, I mean, and they're definitely out of place at this house. Like they're in the backyard enjoying the water, and uh, he tries to make up conversation with his neighbors, and they yeah. are not like him.
0: Yeah, not interested. And they just have a—I mean, they have a good day at the beach. This is their good time.
1: Yep, this is when they get—he uh, gets sunburned because he falls yeah. asleep. Falls asleep, and then they decide they want to go out to dinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they and go this to is where
0: our- we get the. Yeah, it's a, what do you, what'd you call it?
1: A fancy lobster house. Billy's where, Stone
0: Crab Seafood and Steaks.
1: Which I kind of wish they did a slightly better job. Like, <clears throat> big fan of a lot of the movies here from Carl, but uh, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities, especially just kind of like camera work wise. Yeah. Like, if you're not really paying attention, you might not notice right away that he's they're clearly not dressed for this restaurant. Comparative to everybody around them, but they only use like the same three or four angles for the entire scene. That it doesn't like you're not seeing the grander view of the restaurant.
0: Maybe, uh, it's like maybe it was empty. (laughs) It's like maybe they didn't have enough extras to fill it up.
1: I mean, maybe, but they they have a ton of people waiting in line, they constantly have people going back and forth. Um, I don't know, I just feel like that was kind of a missed humor opportunity in that
0: yeah well the whole point of this scene is that he's sitting there and he's coveting the lobsters in the tank right next to the line and then uh just as they're about to get seated the the local celebrity uh winner of the regatta every year sachets in gets seated immediately and he says you know we'll have four lobsters and they take the last four out of the tank
1: and they have a confrontation where John Candy yeah. grabs the lobsters, and these are my lobsters. These and are they, my lobsters. They bang on the thing, and we find out uh-huh. that uh, our bad guy, our, our Richard Crenna, is a, uh, a crappy guy. These are my lobsters. Your lobsters? Yeah. You got my table, but you're not getting my lobsters. Oh, and, and this is your table? My table. Oh, I see. This is your table. And these are your lobsters. You got it. I suppose this is your wife, hmm?
0: Yeah, it's not very nice. He calls him a slob.
1: And he hits his wife.
0: But, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot, yeah. Yeah, he's not a nice guy. But he bought everyone lobster, so.
1: Well, he didn't because, remember, it's on his guest.
0: Right, true. And Stan, no arguments.
1: This dinner is on you.
0: He thought he was going to say on me. It's <laughs> so, okay. You're right. He's a bad guy. Yeah, because they do that oh, stupid
1: that. scene where he, they, he really forces that laugh. Uh, yeah. Oh, you thought I was going <laughs> to say on me. The yeah. dinner was on me. But he says it's on you. And they leave disappointed, though, because they didn't get their lobster.
0: And So they head out to a different restaurant. They do They head They to head to some hole in the wall. Well, I don't remember what it's called, I... but this is uh, our introduction to Rip Torn.
1: This is playing... our introduction to
0: Rip Torn. Yeah. Uh
1: They do like a lot of the classic stuff in there too cuz you know they order the the fish of the day, the specials of the day and it's the classic, you know. You cut to the kitchen and they pull out the TV dinner and yeah. to heat it up for them. He
0: says, "Oh, we've got a catch of the day. It's grouper." Fresh. And they he say, sells oh, it. We'll have the gr- We have the group. Yeah, He sells it real well. And that's probably be worth dropping in. Can
1: you recommend something? Absolutely. Scully's catch of the day it's fresh grouper it's lightly breaded
0: sautéed to a golden brown and lemon butter and shallots with a teasing hint of Dijon and he says "This is a, a catch of the day four groupers and they all get grouper and then the, he yells something in Spanish to the Hispanic cook and he pulls out the fish sticks cartes si sí, senor cinco scales catch of the day Cinco Escolis, Catchis of the Day. Bon Appetit.
1: And I think the only real notable other piece of that is that the little girl is, "Where's your hand?" Oh yeah. Which he I just, think he says something like you don't want to know or or whatever it yeah. is, but yeah. They never explain that. No, they don't. Uh
0: Riptorn is playing Scully, which is a hilarious pirate man. He's just uh really hamming it up.
1: Oh yeah, it's a great role for Torn. He's
0: <laughs> this argh, argh.
1: He like just has the to grouper. be himself. Catch the day. To play the character.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's having a good time with it.
1: And then they go back to their nice house, right?
0: Yeah, they go back to a nice house and they get a good night's sleep, right? Uh
1: well, it turns out that they're not in the right house.
0: They get woken up by someone trying to break into the into the front door. Yep. Uh and they they, to...
1: they go and they uh, that I this one that's a little bit harder. We could probably put pipe that into because the way that it's delivered from the, the two actors, from John Candy and the gentleman playing the um, what really? is clearly a doctor. Yeah. Uh, they just do a good job with the, the pause there. 415 Beach Road, $2,000. 415 Beach Road. That's right. This house is 415 Beach Lane.
0: Ah. Mm -hmm.
1: and the useless dog for the whole movie
0: yeah god the dog is funny
1: yeah the dog is funny
0: (laughs) that's a good that's a good running gag
1: there's just so many classic gags to this that you know uh... yeah
0: this this is this movie is inconsistent i'll say uh because we were talking about trying to stay in somewhat sequential order with describing it but uh, at this point in the movie, we kind of just enter a series of unconnected vignettes yep. uh, leading up to the 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 climax of the film.
1: It really does. It, so, the pacing is not very good for the whole first half of this film.
0: Yeah, uh, it really. This is and this is the part where I actually start to enjoy it more because it's just sitting sitting in its own humor and weirdness.
1: Yeah, it has the the tiny bit of a slow build to that really cool. Um, seen in the the other house that they go to their actual house which turns out to be just like a junky terrible house
0: i mean it looks it's supposed to be junky and terrible but honestly
1: it's on the beach
0: i would have been fine with it yeah
1: literally on the beach but it's on a public path so everybody keeps walking by their windows and that's the gag that they're looking at them eating breakfast and somebody's doing construction next door Uh huh. and they do have foreshadowing in there cuz a bunch of things don't work or the front door was broken or whatever it yeah. was and um his wife says you know the landlord needs to pay for that and fix it and he says he can't get a hold of him something about something in the hospital or whatever it is
0: yeah and we get a couple of uh there's just a couple of... we'll just go over our favorite gags uh john candy gets uh, seemingly seduced by the neighbor's wife but it turns out that she just wants to show her new fake boobs to everyone. Everybody. And so when, when the husband walks in on them and he's and she's got her top off and he's like, oh, another. Aren't they great? Look at those.
1: They do it. And he, he basically just tells everybody, like, just tell her they look great.
0: Yeah, he's like, shut her up. Uh, and then when he goes back to his house all the the public walkway people have infested it.
1: Yep. I that is probably the best bit in the entire movie. This is where yeah, like really all over the house. This is when I'm invested in the movie cuz basically mm-hmm. they left the door unlocked. He left and when he comes back people are using his bathroom, using his phone, making breakfast, making drinks. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> sitting a great in time. the bed watching what was he watching?
0: I can't remember. Oh,
1: damn. It was uh... oh, wow. I don't know, like the Jetsons the or, Flintstones or, something. Yeah, like, or something like uh, yeah. that but he's sitting there smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer and hanging out with the dog.
0: Yeah. A great time.
1: And I just the way Candy plays that where he just loses his utter shit and starts swinging his crutch around and threatening yeah. people is just fantastic. And when he gets yeah, into he threw the out bed, his knee, right? What'd you say?
0: He threw out his knee, right? That's that's what his uh Yes. No, he hurt he his, his foot, the foot.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, because he's in that cast. Editor's note: It was his knee.
0: And because, and that's why he can't go to the beach with his family. That's why he gets into all these comic misadventures.
1: Correct, but I mean, before that hap- like before this scene happens, they do do the beach scene. They play volleyball. They put, you know, Carrie Green and with her mother. They both do the classic like women's thing. At that point in time, they get hit on. They make yeah. jokes about the guys. You know, the the normal stuff. And at least you know. She's 18 at the time, unlike some of these other 80s movies where they really do some things that they probably shouldn't be doing with... They're creeping on a 15-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it, it's good. I mean, they do a great family beach thing. He takes his son out on the boat, and that's when uh, he hurts himself because he runs into our villain. Um, but that, I mean honestly that right. that part wasn't really that needed the whole leg thing really wasn't that needed
0: yeah well it's just it just gets him apart you only do it to get him apart from his family so you can write some more gags about yeah i mean but that's What's that that
1: weird pacing of the the like the previous like this scene when yeah. they're in that room with all of those people like using it as a public place that yeah, is once literally they set it up, it's all yeah
0: it's all pretty funny and then uh so he's uh he takes the sailing lessons from Scully. Or we bar rents the sailboat from Scully and hurts himself. Yes. And then...
1: Then he's, like, sad. He doesn't want to spend time with his family. He's right. annoyed at everything. So he starts going to Scully's bar every yeah. day.
0: Getting drunk with the pirate. Yep. Making friends. And then uh, they get notified that they need to head... That their landlord died. And they need to head to the viewing. <laughs> the viewing, yeah. <laughs> right? Which is where... Uh, where we find out that, uh, unfortunately, his next of kin was uh, Mr. Jerkface. No,
1: uh, the next of kin sold to the Jerkface immediately. Ah, uh, yes. He basically was like, yeah, I'm buying it. And then once he finds out that it's John Candy in there, he's like, it's you're just, out, not buddy. Yep. yep.
0: I'm not renewing your release for another two weeks or whatever it was.
1: Um, And then, you know, he's sad then. He can't figure out what he wants to do. And then he gets the aha moment that they can race.
0: He's gonna win the regatta
1: right and the best part is when he goes to tell John uh I mean Richard krenna's character that he's yeah. gonna he wants to race him and if he wins he gets to stay and if he loses he'll still pay him the rent and leave anyway and they do that popcorn skit yeah <laughs> and I, that, I mean that's just another great one uh he candy tries to be like oh you know, tough about it, throw some popcorn in him, and then he starts choking on the popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do the thing where he's, like, leaving out the door. Uh, Krennus' character starts laughing, eats popcorn, and literally starts choking as well. And I don't know. That scene is just that one's gold as well.
0: It's funny stuff.
1: (laughs) It's just, like, classic 80s comedy for that.
0: And so this is, it leads to a kind of conventional end mm-hmm. in that, like, once you're like, oh, is there, there's Regatta, and he's got to win. Uh, and then, but we get some good montage, and then that's where we get, uh, what's the name? Uh, Richard Heard as Angus McLaughlin. Yes. As this, like, insane, Scot- like, Scottish stereotype man. Yeah. Well, your gunnels are to their opinions, and your pipsman man is some clack. I may think crudy, you your but it's no worse than your deck hope to Who <laughs> has uh, to
1: find the sail, but he's like yeah. li- literally there's no purpose for him.
0: He's like it's it's just like a skit within the movie. It's great. Where they make this character up, but he's great. And so they're all just building the a, a boat for the sailing contest and he's learning to sail and get better at it.
1: Yeah, they use the boat from the from the bar that's sitting there, which by the way is not a like sail, sailboat, it's more like a galleon, like a pirate ship. schooner, pirate ship thing. Yeah, it's
0: a wrecked pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you know, and then of course, you know how it's gonna end. And then they we get to the regatta, and he's not doing well until he reads the weather because of his air traffic controlling experience. Yeah, and then uh, then starts to pull ahead but isn't fast enough, and so then he. Uh, adds a new sail by taking off his pants and tying off the legs and and running them up and that's how he wins the regatta. And that part I was it it's funny. It's like funny enough, but you're like I know. I see what's happening here. It's very by the numbers that last 10
1: minutes. 100%. I do like the ridiculousness of like Rip Torn's crew that he uh like yeah, brings like everything in. to do
0: with everything to do with Rip Torn in this movie is great because there's it's strange, it's unexplained, it's funny,, uh, and they exist in seemingly a different in seemingly a different world than everyone else in the movie,
1: oh, a hundred percent, but like they have that the the little Asian man that he's he's too old to like actually help them. He's just like a character actor that they have here that yeah. is terribly stereotypical, but hangs out with the daughter, like the little girl daughter, the one that's in like preschool and watches uh-huh. her during the whole thing. This is like just doesn't even make sense. Some of these characters, the Scott, and then there was that other guy that I don't remember. He was less, well, was like the Hispanic Cook. Oh, that's right, right, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, and there's a lot of like Rip Torn's character just speaking Spanish well to the Hispanic character. Yep, like, I don't know. It's, just, it's good stuff,
1: yeah. It was just a fun time. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not one of those movies that
0: it's not a classic, no. Uh, because it is very, outside of the good stuff, it is very uh, safe.
1: Oh, I, I'm looking at the the top cast real quick again just to see if we missed anybody. And do you yeah. remember they also added in like the John Larroquette for that yeah. real brief moment? They basically did a weird thing where they had like John Candy with the woman who wanted to show her, her tits off. And then the wife with John Larroquette for just a moment as if you were you thinking that something was going to happen there. And yeah, all of those scenes strange. lasted, what, three minutes?
0: Yeah, the movie theater like subplot that, that happens and does not resolve anywhere.
1: No, it doesn't do anything. And then they show up at the end to watch them race. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was definitely something else filmed in there that yeah. they cut out of the end.
0: Yeah, or they, they ran into pr- trouble. I read, read an article where John Candy was talking about this and his two other movies from the summer of 1985. Because this was John Candy's first starring role.
1: This one, yes.
0: Yeah. And Carl uh, Reiner is a good director. He made The Jerk, among other things. A lot of work on The Dick Van Dyke Show. Like a solid comedy guy. Mm-hmm. Which is why they, he signed on to it. And then it just like never, never really came together.
1: Yeah, it, it, and, there's uh, definitely some, some editing issues. Um, which usually ends up being the case most of the time. From when like the pacing fears, feels weird, it usually ends up being editing Um, because there's a lot more feelings of crappiness if it's writing or acting than... I think
0: it was just... I think it was rushed, and I think it was like this was something to fill a hole in Paramount's schedule, uh, that kind of thing. It was like a movie that no one was really passionate about, but it was good enough. And that's that shows, but it's fun enough. I recommend it.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the other thing that they, Paramount, had... That summer was what, like Beverly Hills Cop, The Witness, uh, Rustler's Rhapsody, (laughs) D-A-R-Y-L. Yeah, they didn't have a strong showing that summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was a transitional period for them. But uh, we both ended up independently watching another of his failures from that summer. Which was volunteers?
1: Oh, volunteers with, with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. And we
0: won't talk too much more about that. I we might like put a pin in that. But if you ever want to see uh, John Candy become a full on Maoist, then take a look. And uh, you could, Tom you Hanks do worse,
1: uh, kind of acting like a little uh, entitled twat. No, he's a total jerk. It's fantastic. It's, a,
0: it's it's out of character of what we expect from Tom Hanks, and I I appreciate that too. Plus, it's got the guy from Trancers in it, so. Trooper Jack Death. I don't think you've seen that one, but that's that's one we should watch.
1: No, I don't think I actually have seen that one, but I like overall. It.
0: I yeah, like overall. Movie. I think I think it's totally serviceable. I, I I find we'll talk about this when we talk to ra- get to ratings. But there's people are really hard on comedies. They are for some reason, uh, like critics are very harsh on comedies, and I think maybe like unfairly. Like it, if you it it's the if you if you show up and you're like make me laugh funny man then nothing's going to be funny. Yeah. Uh and Well why don't so we do, gotta let, come...
1: let's do ratings before we go into what All else right. can you be watching for this movie since we're still on it. All right, let's uh, do it. So IMDb rating, uh you know, it's a great place to start. Uh, it gets a 6.2. I think there were That's not bad. It was like 16.5 thousand votes for that 6.2. So yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then we go to classic Rotten Tomatoes because, you know, it gives us our reviewers and our audience score. But the Rotten Tomato score was a 17%. I think there were 8 or 11 uh, reviews for that, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, it's definitely not the strongest showing of the summer, but I don't know about the 17%. And then the audience score, um, that's 51%, and that makes a lot more sense.
0: That seems more reasonable. Yeah. You got I think you're on time, did you mean hours? Because you got one point two seven. So,
1: uh yes.
0: Yeah. So it's a nice uh, eighty seven minute long. I appreciate a movie that doesn't overstay its welcome.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's too long once it gets into itself. But yeah. what the the starting once you get past like the very beginning it, it's it kinda loses itself a little bit. The first
0: half hour drags. Yeah. But it hits a stride that I
1: Yeah I, I think appreciate.
0: So. so are are we gonna give it a give it a rating? Yeah, let's do well, it. Why
1: ready? not? I let's do our normal rating out of. Uh... All
0: right, I'm gonna give this a solid eleven.
1: Eleven. Yeah, let's do an eleven. Out of fifteen. Um, I think we'll skip the nastier than Wolf Bronski for our special episodes, though. Yeah, I don't think it makes sense.
0: Uh, I mean, unless it's de- it definitely is. That's the only time I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, right. if, if it absolutely is.
0: If we're watching like a really gross, a movie that makes us feel gross. Because of its uh, issues. So The Expendables is nastier than Wolf
1: (laughs) That's not in our uh, wheelhouse for the time being. No. till we start that new podcast.
0: Thank God. Uh, (laughs) The 2010's cast. (laughs) Uh, So what else could be watching?
1: Yeah, let's do what else can you be watching. Um, I know that uh, the other August 9th release, I believe there were four in total for August 9th, 1985. But I just put one up here. Notable Wee's big adventure. And the 15 is, um, it's box office, uh, domestic box office gross rank. Okay. Yeah. So it's based off of gross. Uh, our show here, summer rental was 21. And I believe That's that works bad. out to be like $24 million or something like that for total gross. Terrible. Yeah. No, it's really not that bad. Um, then we'd have whatever else is on that list.
0: All right, great. So this is the top gross summer of 1985. Yes, domestic Rambo. top gross. Yeah. The only one that matters in the 80s.
1: I mean, truthfully, yes. Uh, but I do, once we go through this, I do want to share a fun fact of the great. international
0: one. So we got Rambo First Blood Part 2. Always a confusing title. I love, <laughs> I love, I still don't know what order the Rambo movies go in. Uh <laughs> And I, I refuse to learn at this point. Back to the Future number two. Back to the Future is a hell of a movie. Yeah, it really is. It it continues to uh, to give and be good. It's Cocoon. definitely a movie
1: I probably watch once a year still.
0: Yeah, I I'm never mad to watch any of the. Uh, I could skip three, but yeah, one and two are always. I'm always happy to watch. Hundred percent. Cocoon. Yep. Which also filmed near Tampa right. Bay, evidently.
1: Yeah, it was, and that's the. Um... Well, it's all about
0: that's all about old people, right? So. Of course, it'd be filmed. <laughs> the Goonies, number four. So,
1: yeah. So good Carrie job. Green had two movies out this summer.
0: Good job, Carrie. And Green. then
1: she didn't do a whole heck of a lot after the fact, but no, um, she does do uh, like women empowerment stuff these days, from what I understand, which is pretty great good for her.
0: And then uh, number five is Fletch, which is uh, I need to actually look up this fact. There's a movie coming out next week called Confess Fletch, starring John Hamm. Oh, uh, and I believe it is. Uh, I I can't tell if it's that Fletch.
1: Oh man, I'm not gonna lie to you. John Hamm is is not Chevy Chase, but I would love to see John Hamm do a Fletch.
0: That's that is exactly what it is. I just looked it up. So Confess Fletch is a Fletch movie starring John Hamm, oh ma- uh, releasing next week.
1: So, I'm a I'm a big fan of when John Hamm does comedy.
0: Yeah, John Hamm's great. Uh, he's he's fa- a fantastic man. I'm happy to see him all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's very strange because I was we have uh, enough Regal gift cards that we were like, let's just see a movie, any movie, and then uh, unfortunately that one is not there. But I'm going to go see uh, a, a Hindi epic movie. Okay called uh I don't know let me, let me find out for you
1: well while you're looking that up I do want to throw my fun fact out there for worldwide box office so oh yeah great uh domestic box office for 1985 the Rambo first blood two so Rambo two first blood um <laughs> came in uh top gross of uh crap Come on, give me my season. I don't know why you just refreshed yourself. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Okay, so back to it. Yeah, the fun fact, Rambo, First Blood, Part 2, uh, gross domestic, $150 million or so. But when you go into the worldwide box office, Rambo, First Blood, Part 2 comes in third, because it didn't actually like release, um, Th- and internationally. That makes sense. But I think uh, Back I to think the, the Future released, so it ends up in second place, and then a mm-hmm. movie called Out of Africa has the largest oh, yeah, worldwide at two hundred twenty five million five hundred thousand. Because its foreign box office was one hundred thirty eight million, while its domestic was eighty seven million.
0: It's a Sydney Pollack film, yeah.
1: Yes, they ate it up out there.
0: Well, good for them.
1: But, I i mean, I'm only, we're using Box Office Mojo, so I'm sure there's a ton of information missing pre, you know, 2000s at this point
0: yeah, um, and on a lot I, of this stuff. Uh, I, did a, I had a project for the Plex server where I was, like, going through the, the box offices, and I went all the way back to 1971. Things were just different, even in the 80s. Uh, like, movies that I've never heard of showed up, regularly hmm. until the nineties. And then it's just blockbuster, huge blockbuster. Interesting. Only huge blockbusters. But in the seventies, you get like, you get like sensitive drama films because there was a week where just nothing else released. Yeah. Which it makes made, sense. It, it, it made, you know, $200,000 total, but it was the box office top for that one, one week.
1: It's fun to look back through some of this data, even though, you know, the bits and pieces are missing. Yeah. I mean at least it helps with some sort of a picture.
0: Yeah, it was definitely easier to find a much more uh comprehensive picture of what cinema looked like in the seventies from the box office numbers, as it unlike today, where you'd get it the idea that it's just movies like so I'm seeing Brahmastra Part One Shiva. Which is the three part it's first of a three part film franchise, the beginning of India's first original universe. Interesting. The Astroverse interesting I don't know what I'm in for but I'm excited about it I if I have to see I'd rather I'm I'm interested in these like foreign uh giant epics because I don't know let's see what they got let's see what they're doing
1: I just realized now too that the box office mojo ranks these by gross not total gross
0: Mm, interesting
1: um which I guess technically sort of makes sense but and what else do we want to talk about I guess
0: I don't think we have anything else. Uh, Our next episode that we're going to record is that uh, we're going to do Diagnosis murder.
1: Yep. Oh, you know what? Let's do a where is it streaming? Uh, You can't find summer rental streaming anywhere unless you want to pay for it.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. That's it for us. I think Um, diagnosis murder is next. We're still working on Larry Sanders.
1: Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we'll be back to a normal schedule. Uh, We do have a few. Basically, we had Ned needs to get fully moved in. Um, Yeah. And then we'll kind of definitely be yeah, back I can't, to normal. I can't currently
0: sit at my desk uh, or stand at my desk. Which I'm is why he sounds now, the way he but...
1: does right now, all echoey.
0: Yeah, it'll get better. And I should be sitting closer to the microphone. I'm so sorry. And, uh, you know,
1: drop us a line at 90schmaltz at gmail.com or leave us a rating if you actually like what you're listening to uh, wherever you uh, listen to your podcast.
0: See you next time. Thanks. Great.